0: Welcome to the Mental Health and You podcast. This podcast brings you information and advice from across the Norfolk and Suffolk NHS Foundation Trust, with a range of teams, services and those who use them, sharing their experiences and wisdom with us every fortnight. Welcome to the Psychology and Schools Team podcast on exam support. I'm really pleased to be here today. I'm Dr. Beth Mosley, Consultant Clinical Psychologist with Linda Brendel, Senior Psychotherapist in the Psychology and Schools team. Morning, Linda. Good morning. And three amazing young people who are joining us today to share some of their experiences. We've got Courtney. Hi, Courtney. Morning. Grace. Morning. And James. So thank you so much for joining us today. And really, this podcast is aimed at parents and young people, so we're hoping to provide some insight that will be helpful for parents and when they're trying to support their young people, but also thinking about those young people themselves who might be just going into exam season and wondering how to uh, get the best out of this period, really. So what is stress is is a a good question to start with. Why don't we define that? Um, So we can say a dictionary definition is it's mental strain resulting from demanding circumstances. And that mental strain can have an impact on our body. It can make us feel physically anxious. So we might notice a racing heart difficulties with concentrating. I know when I did my exams all those years ago, I can still remember those butterflies in my stomach and finding it difficult to get to sleep the night before an exam. We know it can also make us feel more emotionally charged, so we might find ourselves getting quite reactive and and upset more easily um and our thoughts we can find ourselves focusing and thinking a lot about the things that we're worried about so am i going to pass that exam have i revised enough all of those types of things so what we know is it's a bit different from anxiety stress because it's very much about specific demands we might be experiencing and once those demands are out the way so a lot of young people i meet during exam season are finding life really tough. But as soon as those exams are over, they are happy and back to feeling their normal selves and back to a f- kind of full life where they're not preoccupied with that stress. So once the demand passes, typically that stress disappears. So anyway, I was going to hand over to Courtney, James and Grace and just see if they had any thoughts themselves uh, about stress and exams and how it might have affected them.
1: Yeah, well, I find that for me and for people I know, actually, I actually have to be used to have to be quite I'm, I'm out of education now, but I used to have to be quite careful with exams on a sort of biological level almost because um i don't actually produce the hormones that help you to manage stress because of my because of my my um health issues so i actually have to those for me are replaced by um medication which, when I'm under any type of big stress, good or bad, including exams, emotional, physical, anything, they have to that the amount of that medication that I take has to increase, and I tend to find that if anything, and again, this does this does apply to Exams exams, exams are a typical example of this. Any big stresses like that, I find I tend to get very either very anxious, as you say, physically anxious, or unwell. I seem to sort of develop something like a cold, even if no one else around me has got one. And it's actually exactly like you said, Beth, as pretty much as soon as that stress is gone, the quote-unquote cold seems to start going away and so what i did for my because i got that during my i think it was during my gccs um my first as level exam had it as well so when i did my official a my actual a levels i did actually request and i i don't know that i would recommend this but i revised i did revise. But I actually requested from the, the staff that helped me, the support staff in the school, sixth form, that I did not want to know when my first exam was. Wow. Um, so they didn't, they didn't tell me. I found out from a class, or well, sort of worked it out, From among probably among other things, a class group chat, and it did at the time it did work because I managed to sit my A levels without getting ill.
0: (laughs) Wow! Uh, So I think this is a really good example, Grace, isn't it, of how how the knowledge of what's going on in our lives that demand has a automatic physical response. It affects our immune system, and that. In a sense, what we're going to talk about a bit later on is how do we make sure we look after ourselves, our bodies and our minds during exam season? Because actually, we are going to be at more risk of of getting ill and being depleted just because of the extra biological, I suppose, load that uh, that demand brings. I'm curious about Courtney and James. Obviously, Grace, your situation is quite unique, so that's re- and it's really helpful to highlight. Um, you know those ch- those those challenges really that we we often don't have you know complete control over do we
2: so oh, Courtney no. and James so for me it's again a little bit different uh, I'd say I could have used a bit of a kick up the bum um, and I mean that in the best possible way um, I think back and yeah there's a lot of just procrastination and looking at you know there's a lot to do lot to revise for, but did I leave it till last minute and stress even more? Yes, I did, and that's pretty much (laughs) how it went. Um, Every time, um, I'd stress about the work, I'd stress about revision, and then I'd be behind on what I was meant to do, and yeah, then the worry just, just, I, I was in a vicious cycle that just didn't stop. Luckily, I managed to get good grades, I managed to pick it up, but now I know that where I am now, it was due to undiagnosed mental health conditions and everything like that. Yeah, I, I definitely could have done with a bit more prompting. I think my my parents were a little bit leave her to be independent, leave her to it, she'll be okay. And actually, I could have kind of done with maybe someone being a little bit up my bum and like, <laughs> come on, we can do it, we can do it. But yeah, I I mine mine was definitely more of a procrastination, and then worry even more when you get to that point and yeah I sort of made myself worse um because I think I'd spend a lot of time I'd get home think I need to do this I'm gonna do this as I've got it and then I could get on top of it and then find myself watching a film um falling asleep waking up and then being behind on everything else um so yeah no mine was mainly procrastination and not a lot of support or pushing me to do the things that I was procrastinating about
0: I imagine a lot of young people listening to this would completely be able to to relate to that almost like the the anxiety the intentions there and then the anxiety gets in the way almost of 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 doing it so I'm just curious as well Courtney because you you're kind of asking for more prompting from your parents now. I'm a parent, and I have an, a nineteen year old who's at university now. But in his GCSE year, and this was COVID time, so it was when they were at home a lot, and I think doing a lot of gaming and watching Netflix. I remember we had a parents' evening on the on a WhatsApp call, and our, and they basically said he's not making enough effort and I remember I got off the call and I just really l- sort of said to him well this is it if you don't want to do if you don't want to get onto A levels and you don't want to do that then carry on as you I really kind of sort of said it as it was and said it's down to you now and I was a bit worried after i said that but my son is very laid back so and, and he's a quite a positive thinker so that might be, you know, some young people or parents who are listening on this call might have young people like in that position. And I was anxious, oh, have I taken it too far? But actually that moment of me just really saying enough is enough. How can I help you? So I didn't just say enough is enough. Come on now. I also then thought with him about what can I do or what can we do to make it easier for you to get that work done, to get that revision done, what are the things that stop you getting into the work or doing the work and actually what he needed a bit of extra tuition for one of his subjects he was finding quite hard which I was able to talk to school about and we were able to think about how gaming and and watching stuff is pretty addictive isn't it, how could he avoid getting caught in that loop of gaming Um, so there was something about how do you as a parent get alongside your young person give them either the kick or the gentle kind of arm around the uh, arm around the shoulder so that you can then think together about the things that might be the barriers to revision and then what might be some of the solutions and what can a parent do to support that rather than because often parents nag so linda what are your thoughts
3: I guess I was just thinking about almost the difference between Grace's and Courtney's experience and also listening to you, Beth, and just thinking that it might be helpful for uh, people listening to the call to Bearing mind, a, a model um, that um, that can be useful in thinking about how do we reach our sort of optimum for being ready to study? Because Courtney's clearly talked about sort of almost feeling that sort of emotionally not not stressed enough. To do the study, and and uh, there's a model called the wi- window of tolerance, which suggests that there is an optimum state that we can be in, where we can both access clear thinking and we can access our emotions. We can be mentally engaged, for example, with study, um, but very often we can be outside of this what's called window of tolerance. So Grace talked about the anxiety levels being high in the moment, the stress around exams taking to her in this modelled with, they would call it a hyper emotionally aroused state. And so when you're in that hyper state, you can't think clearly, your mind's in a blur, it, it, almost the stress is so great because the chemical shooting around the, the body go on too long, that actually impacts an ability to think clearly, and therefore to be able to focus and get on with things. And, and Grace talked about that side of things. But yeah. also you can be under aroused and i think that's what courtney's talked about and they call that emotional arousal, being under arousal, they call hypo arousal. Arousal. So at that point, you might just feel like you're not motivated. It's hard to engage yourself, uh, really easy to be distracted onto other things. And I think, Courtney, you were talking about that procrastination a lot. So it's probably always something that is better to do. But then you end up noticing that you still haven't got on with all those things that you want to do. And I guess we might come back to this when we're talking throughout this podcast, thinking about Get it? How do we get people back into this window of tolerance where either they're they're too stressed or almost they're not focused enough to be able to actually manage well? I guess, Beth, you were talking about how you tried to do that with your son to try and think about what ways would get him more engaged with doing that. And so I guess in this podcast, we'll think about these ideas a little bit more, may come back to this window of tolerance. I think it's a really helpful concept to hold in mind
0: and and I think having more than one child my son's always likely to fall into that hypo arousal that's part of his character and so in his life and with his personality he often does need his friends or me or his dad to give him that stimulation the right sort of stimulation to help move him up into the window of tolerance if that makes sense whereas my daughter is at the other extreme and I have to be very careful about the things I say to her because quite often they can send her from the window of tolerance straight into hyperarousal um so that's really interesting and 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 helpful Linda thank you and James I didn't know if you you had anything you wanted to add
4: yeah so um yeah I thought I'd just talk about a bit about my um experience I kind of had, I suppose it was. I don't know. It might have been uh, different in some ways and similar in other ways to um, Grace and Courtney. I um, I think I you know for me there was um, a lot of procrastination, but also I I think uh, thinking about it now anyway I think is I I really didn't want to when I was at home I didn't want to think about school if i could help it so sort of having to bring that home and do it at home I, I i really yeah i think that that didn't help with the uh procrastination i think it was also certain subjects i ha- i had uh, a particular uh, particular worries about i had, I had a particular uh, anxiety with um, uh, maths, uh, I'd say mostly because of the well, like early high school, like the way I was taught it or, or the, the lack of teaching, <laughs> mm. um, whereas like, um, yeah, the, the, the sciences I was um, far more confident with and, um, and you know, therefore more uh, relaxed about. So, yeah, it was sort of, I'd say I had yeah some of these especially looking back on it now I had like more of these it like these different things I think I think that were causing me to um procrastinate um where was yeah I suppose like um I I also, I think I sort of you know had this uh complex of um yeah you know, I need I need to, to do you know everything right all the time and I hadn't really sort of learned that you know it's that you know that you can make make mistakes and you and you know and you learn from making mistakes rather than sort of trying to do everything you know perfectly first time so that also caused some uh anxiety and frustration so um yeah that was a sort of uh my angle on it and I think sometimes um you know it was a bit of um uh, you know nudging from the parents um uh, did help but um you know at the same time i think it it could um uh, send me over the edge um because yeah. i was already very stressed about it so um yeah um but yeah it's sort of a mi- of, of, of uh, a mixture of uh you know both both similar and um not so similar s- similar um you know uh feelings and situations
0: and and it's really hard isn't it i'm sure the parents who are listening in will be thinking how do we get it right because both, I'm I'm listening to you and um, Courtney and thinking you were you're both asking for that kind of prompting, but you're also probably both quite stressed and sensitive at the time. So that prompting could feel like another pressure. And could get quite a negative reaction because it sounds like you both had a sense of what you weren't doing or should have been doing. And then when someone like your parent reminds you, it can sometimes then make you feel really angry and annoyed with yourself but it probably comes out with anger and annoyance at your parent and then the parent's just like wow what can I do you know I can't get it right and they are then aware that you also might be stressed and worrying about your exams they're maybe thinking being really scared about whether they should be um saying anything so I don't know what your tips would be you know to those parents who are struggling with how do they support you in a way that suits your needs in that moment because it might vary from from day to day
1: I think a really interesting one kind of following on from what you're saying there Beth is maybe to look sort of deeper into the communication I feel like there are some young people out there who will appear incredibly laid back Mm -hmm. and incredibly you know they they don't want to study whatever they're they're relaxed about their studies or their whatever but then in the moment when they actually come to study and the person who is supporting them breaches the issue of study with them that's when the anxiety rises and they suddenly turn into someone different. They become incredibly conscientious. I feel like there are young people out there who maybe do care Mm-hmm. But maybe because of the other pressures around in the world, like social pressures or whatever, don't want to admit it. So they admit it by they almost shut off, deny the exam mm-hmm. is happening. And then when they're actually faced with the exam, go
0: ah panic. So it could yeah. be a protective thing is what you're saying. I so think so. Yeah. Don't interpret that laid backness as necessarily meaning the young person isn't stressed at all it might be their way of
1: coping yeah I think there is actually stress bubbling under the surface
0: so you mentioned communication Grace so I'm just trying I'm just trying to think about some of the things that as, as young people you found helpful about the way your parents might have communicated with you to help get a bit beneath the surface so I'm thinking about what James said you know as well for some young people they might feel quite happy about some of the subjects they're they're revising for because they're more confident they they feel like they they understand the subject and they're going to do okay but there might be key subjects that they struggle with more they might have a, le- a learning need around that might be particularly challenging and and one of the things I think it's hard as a parent is is To sometimes know the difference so if you see a young person particularly stressed you might assume they're stressed about all of their exams but actually it could be one topic which with knowing that as a parent or knowing that as a teacher means that you could think about what support what could we do to work together to support the young person around that particular topic um, so that it feels less overwhelming um, but actually recognize that the other areas are okay so how how can we as parents have a better chance of having those collaborative conversations with you? Um for, do you think?
1: For me, I think personally, and obviously I can't speak for Courtney and James and every other young person out there, but for me, one thing I do say to people, and that is one thing I've actually said, in, in you know now that I'm it's it's one thing i I do say now is persistence is absolutely crucial for me if someone says to me, "I don't know, are you okay or whatever at first I might go, "Yeah, I'm good. How are you?" And then when they actually break down to the surface and go, "Are you sure you're okay?" That's the point at which I'm likely to fall apart and go, uh, and I've got this pile of stuff to do, and I haven't done it.
3: So I guess, um, uh, Grace, something that you're talking about is that thing of just not looking just at surface level, but really parents really noticing and paying attention to to maybe what your their young person is showing in their body language, mm-hmm. how they're acting, their tone of voice, um, and persisting in sort of checking out if someone's okay, yeah. not just accepting the first response. That sounds yep. a really a really helpful idea, Grace. I wonder if there's any other yeah. idea. And James and Courtney, um, of other other top tips for parents?
2: Um, so, for me, I would say, and it's, I'd say, look at the bigger picture. Um, I think from my childhood, uh, it wasn't full of communication and building bonds. And I think that's where it fell apart. So, I think if you're looking at the bigger picture, it's, talking to your child your son your daughter about other things as well having that relationship to start with so that it's not just the only thing they're nagging you about is making sure your grades are up and making sure you've done this and you've done that but it's actually making that relationship open about everything you know what did you know what did you talk about with your friends today you know did you did you have fun today did you you know, tell me that you can talk to me about anything, come to me, I will listen, I am open, um, I don't judge, you know, you can tell me anything, and then when it comes to stresses, and it comes to exams, and it comes to teenage tantrums, that you're not going to get the, oh, you're going to get the, no, sit, just talk to me, you know, rant to me, open Mm -hmm. up to me, and then from that, you know, you're not going to go, oh, good, they only come to me when they want me to do something. They only come to me when, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm seeming just moody. But actually, underneath, if you dig a little bit, you know, there's a lot going on. And it might be difficult childhood. It might be trauma. It might be abuse. It might be bullying. It's not just the exam. And then equally, if you flip it round, it's really hard to be a parent especially to moody teenagers. and <laughs> As much as that came with, and I don't get me wrong, it might be different for other people, but I had mental health conditions and I had underlying mental health conditions that weren't diagnosed. So, you know, it might have been that my parents thought, my God, you know, it's like hurricane when she comes home. You know, I don't want to speak to her because she's always you know, irritated, she's always miserable, she stays in her room, she doesn't talk to us. But equally, if you flip it on that and you're open and you you know, you know feel like you've got a place to go with those stresses, mm-hmm. that is also, I think, a huge foundation that I lacked. And that's why when I went to my room and no one checked on me, I was on my phone. Mm-hmm. And that's why when I went to school and I hadn't done it, it's because no one had checked up on me, no one had asked me what went wrong with my day, why i was doing what i was doing why i was sad and i think that sort of open relationship if that trickles into every aspect of life can make that difference um to someone being able to go to them and say look what's been going on like and do, can i help you with anything and then like i say if it's not just when you're stroppy and you're you know you're lacking in revision or you're lacking in grades that's where it can be sort of overwhelming and that's certainly the only reason that they're you know speaking to me is when I'm doing something wrong but mm. I think the bigger picture is the relationship that you make with that person over everything even if it is what did you have lunch today they know you can they've got someone to speak to in a safe space I think that would have made a huge difference to me oh, I completely oh, completely relate to that actually that's
1: one thing we we talk about And I've uh, sort of heard about quite openly is that when someone is stressed or upset or whatever, or just needs someone there, step into their world. And it could literally be as simple as giving them a hug or watching their favourite show with them or even just holding their hand or go taking a walk that sort of thing can often has the potential to make more difference even than words Mm. because you've stepped into their world you've acknowledged that they're not just a pain in the backside moody hormonal young person teenager whatever they are a person who has feelings and an identity and once you acknowledge that I think that is what would make them more likely to open up
3: Thank you. Yeah, I guess, Grace and, um, and Courtney, you're, you're raising some really important things here. It's about that the importance of relationship and um, parents creating opportunities to build relationship in all sorts of different ways um, over time and um consistently so that the focus is on the relationship and i guess it can be really easy for parents to get very caught up with the stress around exams and want to do the best for their child and therefore get a bit tunnel vision and i guess that's perhaps what courtney was talking about into in terms of you know just that over focus just on exams and nothing else but i guess what i was really hearing is from both of you the importance of that communication that can be done in different ways and courtney you raised how um um young people can inadvertently give those messages of almost pushing away and I guess we would have to be mindful that sometimes when people are stressed they want to withdraw but actually what they need is the support from others around and parents around and I think you really helpfully gave an example of of when that can really be needed so I think those are some really key messages thank you both of you um when thinking about what parents can do that can be helpful.
2: Courtney what were you thinking yeah no I was just gonna say on the flip of that and it it sounds like you know parents need to do more they need to talk to their young people they need to do this they need to do that I'd also just like to flip it round on a perspective where I'm now an adult and I now have a mortgage and oh my god it's not what I was I thought it was going to be and it's very easy I think as a younger person to sit and think well they're all right they don't have exams to do they don't have to revise they don't have to do that they don't have to do that but equally no they just have to work full time or if they don't they have to look after someone or they have to look after their children or you know they're got all these bills that come in they have to make sure that they're paying for and they have to pay for all of the netflix that you're wanting to watch um and then they have to do a food shop whether they like it or not and then you know They've got to go to here and there and do a million different things, and I don't. I I didn't appreciate that when I was at school because I thought, oh well, yeah, must it must be nice for you. And as an adult, it's not nice. It's really not. And you probably have even less support as an adult than what you would have done when you were at school, when you had you know pastoral care that you could rely on or friends. I think as an adult, it can be very isolating and even more so when your child is struggling and you don't know how to help them. Um, You know, and I feel like as a parent, there's almost that expectation that you know how to handle it or you should know how to handle it. And you should be able to support them when actually, you know, if you're going through grief in the family like I did, I went into high school having lost my best friend being my granddad and that's very isolating but equally I didn't really think that actually my mum lost her dad so she equally had a lot going on if not more but that doesn't feel that way when you're in that situation and that's where I think the communication comes in where you sit together and you have that open relationship and you're able to talk about how you feel and what's going on and that's where then yeah you can then bring up the The bits and pieces that no one really wants to talk about, but they will be easier to talk about if you have that relationship.
0: Oh, that's so helpful for um, to hear, Courtney, as a mother myself, who often thinks her children don't appreciate just the levels of stress of of juggling life as a parent. That when you get to adulthood, you can reflect on it and view it in hindsight, which is, is really lovely to hear. Um, But you're absolutely right. I think the stresses and pressures that we're often managing as parents, along with the additional pressure of trying to be the best parent we can, um, and trying to struggle to get it right, and and worry about our children, and worry about their futures, all of those things combined, can make this task of communicating well really difficult. And I guess it just reminds me of how important not just for the young people doing their exams, but for parents too, to think about how do you build up your own resources to manage that stress? Like we know young people shouldn't just be revising all of the time, every minute of the day, thinking about their exams. They need to think about they're having opportunities for physical activity to kind of get rid of some of the stress chemicals and be outside and have some connection time with their friends, have some really good downtime. And I guess it's the same for parents. And sometimes it can feel really hard as a parent to have any time which is not spent on looking after others. And it's such such a priority because unless if you're going to support your children and your family and, and be your child's cheerleader, then you need to have enough of resources yourself. And you need to have done the things that are going to help you rebuild your your kind of re- resources. And, and I guess. I'm thinking about cheerleaders. I, I talk about cheerleaders a lot, like those people you can really trust are going to support you no matter what. And often as parents, you can become quite isolated and busy and you forget who your cheerleaders are or you don't have that conversation with your sibling who, who you know, can be your cheerleader. Some people's siblings aren't there cheer- or a friend because everybody's busy. And I guess it's about how, who, as a parent right now, if you're on this call listening, you know, what network, what support network, what social network can I turn to people I know will help? give me some space or help me just have a a nice evening where I'm not worrying and thinking about all of the pressures on me so that you're in a position to then go to your young person feeling like you've got a bit more capacity to hold some of their stress um, and and listen curiously rather than feel in your head yeah but you have no idea what I'm having to deal with right now um which is is something that you know you can you can end up feeling as a parent when you're when you're holding a lot. So there's something there about how how do young people look after themselves during exam period, but how do parents as well?
1: I think going back to the thing about how young people look after themselves, so again, when I did my A levels, I literally used to do a thing where, and it was the simplest thing, but I'd do a bit of revision. And then you were talking about physical exercise, going out, getting outside, that kind of thing. I literally used to do a thing where I would do a bit of revision and then literally just walk up and down my stairway. Ah. And just that level of exercise really helped. And then... When I do what I do now, obviously, as I say, I'm not doing exams at the mo- at the the moment. But now, I what I do a lot of what I do is very much like revising. It involves sitting down, writing, concentrating, looking at things, and I often I think I went through a stage when I first started what where in in as where I am now that. I felt like I needed to do everything. All, uh, you know, I needed to just sit and blitz, 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 get everything done. And then when it came to the evening time or time where I could come away and socialize, by that time, I haven't got the energy. Because I've just been doing stuff constantly, and haven't processed any of it or endured or processed. So, what I what I've started doing again now is, and I find it particularly helps in the morning, is to do what I've got to do. Obviously, like the online, like you check your emails, you get yourself ready for the day, that sort of stuff, and then do some exercise. And I found that so like when I've done when I'm done here, I'll go and do some exercise. And I know when I then come back to everything else that I've got to do online. I am or or throughout the day, I feel that just after that little bout of somewhere between 45 minutes and an hour and a bit exercise, I will feel hopefully recharged less anxious I can process things more and yet it just it does it just makes such a difference
3: And I guess that's what we know with um, exercise, Grace. Thanks so much for bringing that up further, because what we know with exercise is actually actually has this amazing impact on our body. I talked Mm -hmm. about that window of tolerance and the optimal level earlier and both whether actually we end up finding that we're, Uh, we're very stressed and and hyper aroused or almost under stressed that that doing exercise can bring us where at either end back into that middling optimal ground where we can most easily access our our thinking and and be engaged
1: and I also find that when I'm in that moment exercising I am completely clear I shut everything off I don't look at my phone I don't look at my Emails, anything. I just put music on and just exercise. And the only thing I look at, just in case I need to, is the time. But apart from that, it's a complete, even if I know I've got stuff to tend to, I try to make it so that, right, that can wait until I've done it, so that when I do come back to do it, I come back refreshed.
0: Wow, that's great. I'm just aware of time and we have got so much to keep talking about. So i am loathe to to draw the podcast to a close. But unfortunately we're going to have to um I just well, I've actually
1: to... got to go and do my exercise.
0: Yeah, well brilliant. I was just going to say um uh in terms of maybe one top short top tip that you could give um just before you go, but I was also going to say to the listeners that we do have On YouTube under the NSFT channel a 60 minute workshop which you can watch on exam stress so there's lots of really practical tips there and it's something that a young person could watch or a parent so Grace before you pop off short and sweet top tip it sounds like exercise Um, might be it for you
1: for young people exercise move around creativity Keep your identity and the things you love. And for parents, I would say, and supporters, I would say read between behind the look beyond the surface and persist.
0: Don't give with up your
2: communication.
0: Thank you, Grace. And Courtney?
2: So for the children or the student, I would say what I would have done looking back is to come home whilst you're still in that school mode, come home, dedicate yourself to whatever you've written in your journal or planner for that day that, you know, so that if you do it on Monday, you do Monday's task. By Tuesday, you're not got Monday and Tuesday, you've just got Tuesday. And then throughout the week, if you do it in a block after school, when you're in your zone, you're still in education mode, then after that block, you know you've got free time to look after yourself. Stay on top of it and prioritise. For parents, I would say parents, carers, whoever that is having to deal with a stressy, stressed person, self-care for yourself. Look after yourself. Have that bath. Have that time to unwind because parenting and adulting is hard and you deserve that time too.
0: Lovely to hear. And I think what James said earlier about finding it hard to do school stuff at home Remember, schools often run exam homework clubs. So, if you could, in that situation, Courtney, get your Monday stuff done on Monday if you just stayed on at school for an extra hour. And for some young people who don't like to go take that stuff home, like James, maybe just staying on for the extra hour to to go to that homework or exam club would then free up the rest of the evening. So, that's really wonderful advice, Courtney. And lastly, James.
4: Uh, I think. Grace and Courtney have done a, a good job of um, covering most of it. I'd say, uh, I know it's, you know, it, it can be uh, uh, really hard for one re- reason or another. Uh, and, you know, as a result, you um, you, you procrastinate. Um, but I would, just from my experience, I'd say, try and um, ask for as much help as possible um, if, um, if, if you are struggling. Um, which i know is also also not um uh, an easy thing for um some people to do but you you'd be surprised um how much better it, it makes you feel just for um uh communicating your your situation to anyone really not not just your um your parents so i'd say uh, and, and um for the um parents i think like what yeah what Grayson. um uh, Courtney have said is um is is really good um i suppose yeah just try if you can uh, try and have a, a conversation about what what your what what your child finds helpful and you know that can open up open up a lot um a lot a lot of options and some that you might not necessarily have thought of
0: Great and th- so actually just saying what what can I do to help is, is actually a really good starting point and
2: lastly Courtney you got your hand up. Yeah no I just really quickly I just had a thought as well when I think of you know some of us are you know we do have other things going on we do have conditions we do have disabilities we do you know have blocks some of us are just lazy some of us <laughs> do need a kick and equally I think it's worth reminding them that this is probably, you know, something that if they continue and they get into that headspace that this is what you're going to have to do, you know, eventually they'll go into either higher education or a job and you're not going to be able to sit and check your phone and not do your jobs then. So, you know, it's kind of like reality check, um, you know, for just being idle and doing nothing. You're going to have a bit of a shock if you think that that's how life's going to be from now on.
0: So keeping it real, because you're right, just like um, Grace, you were saying, you're not dealing with exam stress at the moment, but you're actually dealing with the pressures of a job, which are so. So the way that you manage your exams, the exam period can be great preparation for the things that you know will help you as you go into higher education or work.
1: It is because the way I the way I work is actually very similar to the way and the amount of dedication and whatever that I give to my job is very similar to what I did with my A-levels because I'm fully invested.
0: And 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 so the habits that you learn in that time and the support that you get to learn those habits and get that balance can really make a difference and I just want to add that my son is now at university and he's the most self-motivated, committed, hard-working learner. I can never call, I can never take the mickey out of him again about being lazy because there's something about that process of GCSEs and A-levels which enabled him to learn about the value of Doing the things that he did to get him where he wanted to get, so I think that's it's really important. place to end, really? What you do during that period can help you as you go into adulthood.
1: It's finding just one final thing. I'm sorry, it's okay. finding it's finding the thing you love as well, yes, because GCSEs, so GCSEs, you have to do obviously mm-hmm. within within ability. A levels. Are an option, but you have to stay sort of in some kind of occupation post sixteen. University, obviously, you you do if you. And then you've got university and work, which you, and maybe apprenticeships. I it's you have to go through those steps of trying things and sitting things out to find the thing i've been through GCCs, um a levels two years of university and i finally found the thing mm. that what i wonderful feeling like your son
0: yeah, that's it. It's because it's the topic he loves. It's mm. it's what he loves and he's good at. And now he yep. and uh, so Grace, that's such a brilliant last point that for a lot of young people you're having to do lots of topics you're not that interested in. If you can once you find the thing you love, quite often some of these challenges mm-hmm. are less challenges is yeah. the motivation. And, and that's
1: that is yeah. I I now get to because I've been through that system and different phases of that system, I now get to do what I love every day oh and I love it
0: so it's worth it Mm. but again even if things don't go to plan in your GCSEs your A-levels it's not the end of the world there are lots of other options so it's also important to hold on to that and I think that's a really important um, point because it can often feel like this there's there's so much riding on how well you're going to do but actually, I think you'll probably find when you get on the other side that there are other opportunities um, if if things don't go to plan. Anyway, we have to finish. We could keep talking all day, I think. I cannot thank you, Grace, James and Courtney, enough. I think the parents who are listening in will be so grateful for your your kind of thoughts. I am, as a, as a parent of a per, young person in year 10, I've really listened and heard what you've said, and it's going to help me actually in the coming weeks and months. So thank you so much and um, take care and enjoy the rest of your day.
1: Thank you for the opportunity. Thank, you thank you Beth.
4: very much. Yeah, thank you.
3: Thanks for listening. Please subscribe to make sure you don't miss a future episode.
0: Let us know what you thought of this episode by reaching out on social media. If you haven't already, listen back to previous episodes to hear some of the best mental health advice for you.